everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful, intimate relationships that contain sizzling sex. We have been working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is Y, and Y is for your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. Joining me today to talk about all sorts of kink and negotiating without yucking someone's yum are Master Eli Raw, Mr. Marilyn Leather 2016, Mid-Atlantic Pup Handler 2018-2019, and Mid-Atlantic Onyx Menorah is a queer POC Leatherman and the head of household for the Illuminati House of Raw. Focused on community education and outreach to include significant contributions to the LGBTQIA homelessness on the East Coast centered in the DMV area. He trained under and was covered by Sir Nagram of Baltimore. He's currently the head of household of nine in his household, not including himself. Master Ra has been in the BDSM and leather community for just over a decade, has attended and taught at events all across the United States, such as Dark Odyssey, Claw, BBM, and Onyx Blackout. He offers classes in many subjects to include needle play, cigar play, and service spanking, fisting, rope, consent, and aftercare, both at events on his Pillow Talk that's aired on Facebook and YouTube um, and in, at live events. Master Sekunia is the head of household for House of Nia, currently located outside Denver, Colorado. He is a covered heterosexual leatherman, active lifestyle dominant, and sadistic service top. Seku is a co-founding member of LOC, Leather Houses of Color Coalition, half of the former Colorado Master Slave Pair for 2018, Pantheon of Leather Award nominee, BDSM educator, lover of the leaf, cigars anyone, and overall kinky pucker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. So let's start at, so let's start at how wide kink really is, because I think listeners often confine it to, they call BDSM like it, as though it's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so they talk about, and then they talk about spanking and they miss out on all sorts of stuff. So how wide do we think this topic is? I will go. I'll go first. Um, I, I think that the topic is big and it's wide because BDSM is so wide. You have discipline and you got bondage and it, there's so many different types of bondage. We, we just start with that part. There's so many types of um, bondage that we um, we play and it, it depends on the preference the preference of um like I enjoy rope bondage, but then there's some people that like leather bondage and you don't necessarily have to have rope or leather to do bondage. So the, 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 the mainstream is very wide and it's about creativity. And as long as your creativity can go, that's, that's about as extreme as it can be. Master Seiko? Well, I like to liken um, BDSM to a mile long buffet. And that being the case, there's a plethora of items on the buffet. However, there's not just the steak. You can have steak and peas. You can have steak and quinoa. You can have steak and rice. You can have, you can just stick with steak as Sir Eli was saying and have countless variations just on steak. God forbid you put some ham or some chicken. Now you've, you've multiplied all of those options that you had with the steak plus added things that usually go with chicken. Or you can just have steak and chicken. You can have any combination of any item on that mile-long buffet. The sad part is so many people want to just eat meat and potatoes. Yeah. Not only do they just want to eat the meat and potatoes, that pot roast and it's got to be baked potatoes, can't be mashed potatoes, can't be pureed yeah. potatoes, can't be twice baked potatoes. They don't want you to eat anything other meat than meat and potatoes. And that's really not what BDSM is about. My personal belief is it's a personal journey of self-discovery. And in that journey, you may discover I'm a vegetarian. I don't even like meat no more. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think one of the most important things that, that you highlight there, which is why I wanted to do this topic, is that a lot of times people get in their head that the rest of the world needs to do it the way that they do it. Either they have one true way, like there's one true way to be a slave. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that. I'm like, really? One, <laughs> right? Only one way that I'm supposed to do this. Like, like there are a number of people who don't think I should be sitting up here leading a discussion, right? Because I shouldn't be working, right? Which I, I mean, that's, some people do it that way. I don't have a problem with that. And I don't expect them to have a problem with me. But people have opinions on every single aspect of other people's kinks, particularly if you play in a public space. Ooh. I think when you don't play in a public space, it's easier in the sense that not so many people are going to comment on what you're doing. But if you're like any of us, when we go out to an event and people see us do what we do, somebody's always got an opinion. Right. <laughs> Everyone. Um, it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because even the, the, not to be devil's advocate, but the reverse of that is if you're seen going out in the, the, in, in the King community and you're never seen playing publicly, then people question that too. Oh, they, yeah. have a, <laughs> they have a question about that. Like, oh, you always at the event. And are you really, you know, are you really a kingster? Because we never see you play. Um, you know, and those, you know, those, it's, it may be a different type. You know, those are the bedroom people that, you know, they want to keep everything um, exclusive. But then there, there are performers and you have some people that performance play. And then you have some people that really take it so strategic that they can take something that is a minute scene um, and turn it into something that's theatrical. And I think that when you're playing publicly, it depends on um, where you want to go. And that's why I always put it into an artistic thing. Um, I can paint a picture and you can paint a picture and Master Seiko can paint a picture and all our pictures will be, we can have a, a drink party and paint the same thing and all of us be looking at this exact same thing. But our, our perception that happens on that canvas is going to be different. So when I, I can speak for myself, when I go to play, a lot of my things are thought out. Right. And, and cause I, I want to feel like I'm a part of the scene as the dominant. However, um, I also have to be aware of the people that may be watching um, and, you know, the things of being safety and, and all of those things. I, I can't get too dramatic with my, my single tail whip. I might swing around and hit someone. So I have to be um, um, aware while I'm doing what I'm doing. But I also have, not only do I have to be aware of what everything around the room, but I also have to pay close attention to my submissive. So all of those things are going on. And a lot of times I think that, um, you know, people look for spontaneity or they look for um, um, something to be uh, um, um, entertaining for them. And, and what I do may not at that point in time may not be something that's supposed to be entertaining for you. I might just, it, this might be a, a, a thing with just me and my submissive and it has nothing to do with you. And it's not my responsibility to make it entertaining for you. Thank you. I, that's an important point. I do think people expect to be entertained. I mean, okay, so there are voyeurs and voyeurs are there. They can usually entertain themselves. They don't actually need performance because they're voyeurs. So they're watching everything. But there is this sense, particularly if you're known in the community, you're both well-known in the community. I'm well-known in the community. People come to watch us. Like they'll come to where we're playing because they want to watch the scene because they've heard this about, you know, how we play. And uh, then there becomes this pressure to yes. be entertaining that, I mean, I have to be fair, as the submissive in the scene, I'm lucky because my job is to do what I'm told. Right. I don't have to pay attention to any of those people. But for you guys, it means a split attention in a way that sometimes really can take away from your enjoyment 
might not take away from your submissive's enjoyment, but take away from your enjoyment if you have to deal with them. Master Sacred, you're saying no. <laughs> never for never for me, because again, it's my journey, it's my scene, it's my space, and I welcome other people in it, mm-hmm. but they're not in it with me and the person or persons, because I'm known to scene with multiple people. They're not really in it. Right. Um, I had someone reflect upon me and this trans- transcendent experience that I, they observed, and I was scening with three bottoms. One bottom was actually holding another bottom. And in the middle of it, I was, I, I clapped my hands together and I said, woo. And she said, you weren't there then, were you? And I was like, nope. I was outside of the scene, outside of myself, looking at myself saying, you are a bad mofo right now. And, 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 and no one else existed in that space but me and those three other people. So Sir Eli brought up an excellent point. We have to be aware of those around us. And you're, to your point, yes, there are some people with their own external expectations weighing in on our scene. But at the end of the day, there's so much intimacy and connection between the top and bottom or bottoms or co-tops. Yeah. That interplay of energy flowing amid those people central to that scene can sometimes blot out the world. That's one of the things that this COVID situation has me really struggling with because there's so many people whose energy I love to connect with that are far from me. And also we have to plan for how, when possible, we will try to reconnect because that's a whole nother thing. Absolutely. So we are just coming up to break. I want to talk about that after this and about how we manage public spaces after this, as this goes on, because this isn't going away. So now we've got to come up with what does a new normal look like um, in it, with COVID? Um, and how are we going to start to manage public spaces? I mean, we're the people that get to have a say in this because we're the ones that are patronizing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we will be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you can be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this week it is why. And why is for your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. And with me, I have Master Eli and Master Seku, and we are talking all about kink and 
how you don't yuck other people's yums. And just before the break, we were talking about the fact that COVID is changing our public spaces. And Master Seiko, you were saying that it's been a real struggle because the energy that you're used to connecting with people's energies and they're not necessarily in your close proximity and COVID has prevented travel. But we also don't know when we're going to be able to do this again in a public space. Yes, and and the thing of it is, the physical, tactile connection. Um, mm-hmm. Here's a situation. All right, one one of my gay leather brothers in Colorado sat me down at this event that we have. For those unfamiliar with the leather community, we have bar nights where you have discounted drinks, and, and at nine times out of ten, it goes to a certain charitable uh, event. And it was a bar night and he was sitting there and I was representing the Colorado uh, master and slave community. So I was serving and I came around and I checked on him and he, and, and he asked for a drink. And then I checked on him again. He was sitting by himself. I checked on him and I asked, are you OK? And he said something that stuck with me. He said, yeah, I'm OK as I can be. I said, well, what does that mean? Because, again, in our communities, we can have a myriad of issues and sometimes we just need someone to listen to our issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, as you can see, I'm a lot older than you. Turns out he was two years older than me. But you know black don't crack, so. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was saying that I'm not new and shiny anymore. Mm. And what he meant by that is that a lot of times in our various communities, and that's across the board, when we get to our age, I'm 48 and above, we still are kinky. We still are into fetish. We still are into the things that made us feel good, look good, and taste good a lot of times. I taste good, by the way. Um, so what he was saying is that he's not new and shiny. He's not the 22 to 25-year-old anymore. And what he's finding is that a lot of times he doesn't get the attention, even from those in his age group, Uh Because they are looking for the new and shiny. Now, here comes people like myself, people like uh, Sir Eli, who who are tops that will top anything with a pulse and consent, informed consent. If you know what you're getting into and you can answer the three questions that Sir Eli will tell you in a minute, you can get this work. Um, and, and a lot of times for our people who are in our age group, we may not be on the dating scene. We may not be in the dungeon as much because we're trying to make sure we're not going to be on, uh, state assistance (laughs) in a few years when we, when we try to stop working, we're out there getting our kink and fetish and when we can, and the worst thing in the world is to come to a kink or fetish environment or to a bar and not have anyone engage you. Yep. So that sort of energy exchange, that that tactile energy exchange that we can lay hands on each other. Because some of us, not myself, but some of us have lived through a time where members of our community were deemed untouchable. And the yep. only place that they were touched and caressed and played with and fondled with care was in our communities. And that's the type of energy that I'm missing. And that's gonna be the challenge moving forward is how uh, with people being possibly being asymptomatic, possibly being carriers, how are we gonna combat that challenge and continue to touch one another and make sure no one feels like they've grayed out of the community? I mean, I'm okay, so I'm 57. And I was around for people being untouchable. And in the early 80s, um, we didn't really care who we slept with, right? I mean, I've, I've come out and said I was a slut. I'm still a slut. There it is. So I slept with straight men, gay men, bi men, straight women. You know, I did not care. If, if we connected, we got it on. There it was. And then people started dropping dead. And I always say for me, it's there, but for the grace, because I got a number of phone calls and I had to have a number of tests once there was testing because I was at risk and I was fine. I was lucky that I was fine. I, you know, I, I also missed it out hep C. So I was lucky that I was fine. And then I found, then we did safe sex. But for me, COVID feels very much like this. It feels yeah. like, like, you know, there's the whole, 
how are we going to negotiate? Because it isn't about, it's not necessarily about fucking. It's not about sucking. It's about like, I like to kiss people. Right? Yeah. And that's like, like the bigger risk. Right? I like I'm going how do you oh, bite? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, my saliva, uh, both mm-hmm. myself and Sir Eli are, are competent. I will be humble. Competent, if not proficient with the whip. We draw blood when we whip from time to time. There's so many ways of transmitting things uh, that we are unsure about with COVID. However, however, we can be thankful for the great epidemic that preceded this pandemic, which was AIDS, yeah. that taught us how to be conscious of bloodborne pathogens and cross-contamination and safety risk and making sure we're not uh, cutting people open and then jumping on the top of another person with our bloody implements. But we do have a lot of safety uh, parameters already built into our play. But then again, the things that we're guarding against isn't airborne and this is what we're we're talking about saying hello to someone that's the point like we get close to each other you know i mean we're already deal i mean i, mean, I, I end up in blood play and things like that we already deal with how we do safety around that i'm usually the one who's getting bitten bled and what have you um you you mentioned this because when i got ready to go to work this is when they first came out with you know saying that you know you need to wear a mask Mm. I didn't have the opportunity to go and get a mask like everybody else is wearing. And what did I end up going to work with was a mask that I wear to the dungeon. And only a few people were like, hmm, (laughs) that mask you have is awfully, you know, studded up. (laughs) So a lot of times the way we play already, um, we wear, you know, if you're into rubber, part of that that whole scene is about restricting certain parts. And I hmm. think people don't understand the significance of our our play and and, and the, um, the clothes that we wear and the gear that we wear. You know, if someone is hypersensitive, they wear gloves to restrict their 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 sensitivity when they're playing or, or fucking or whatever. So to put on a gas mask and being rubber, um, I thought about doing that, you know, cause we don't just wear our gear to, you know, to the grocery store. However, I saw a meme with this woman actually wore her whole entire rubber gear, the mask. Yep. And yes. We're in fashion all of a sudden, you know, I had, um, what my sir had, um, had a mask, uh, there was a guy making leather masks from the community. So he posted a picture on Facebook and he's got a leather mask with sp- spikes and oh my God. Whew. So of course I immediately looked at that and went, oh, Master will want something like that. And so now Master has a leather mask. I have a leather mask. We'll wear our leather masks because, right? Because to us it's hot. Other people think it's hot. So there's almost, we'll get more expression in places where we weren't feeling comfortable expressing we're going to get away with it now because people are like making a big fashion out of this. Yes. It's going to become sexy to have your face covered. I have a PPE fetish like nobody's business. Let me tell you how PPP mask, a gown and gloves. Now, now mind you, I'm on this broadcast with a person who helped inspire this Somebody go look back into Mr. Marilyn Leather uh, 2016 and look for a picture of Master Eli in this black leather apron. And he's he's part of the reason why I have this fetish. But PPE, the gown with no back. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, sh- and, and show that. Mm. Nothing else. That's a whole situation. Yeah, this Make sure no, no feet are covered, though, because I'm a giver. I'm just saying. Again, <laughs> which okay. So we're going to talk about why we said that. Um, we are a few minutes from break. So, Master Eli, when we come back, I do want to talk about things like foot fetishes. And there, I mean, this is one where people will yuck someone's young. Yes. There are some really strong feelings about foot fetishes. Oh, yeah. right? Hugely strong feelings. 
And so it's definitely one I want to talk about because people make assumptions and, and, and get all bent out of sorts. The other one they make assumptions about, they make assumptions about water sports. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about scat. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay, everybody's got feet. You, I don't know if I can get my foot in the picture. The poor people at home aren't seeing this. Can I get my foot in the picture? There yes, yes. yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, no, so I want to talk about that, that the whole sense of how wide, we said how wide this field is, but how do we manage to negotiate in ways that means that people are still afraid to ask for what they want because they're afraid somebody's going to go, hmm. Mm. And, and actually learning to keep a straight face and take mm. a step back and consider before you say yuck. Because, guys, I have to tell you, there are some things that I would have immediately dismissed years ago that I will tell you that fine, trying them was totally different. I mean, I had some edgy fetishes from the beginning, but there were some things I would have been like, I don't think so. Yeah. Turns out, who knew? Yeah. And that's who one knew? of the nice things about this is that your pleasure evolves, your taste evolves, your palate evolves. If you're willing to experiment, yeah. if you're willing to experiment. In my case, it's it's whether I'm willing to, well, it's not about willingness, is it? Own property doesn't get a choice. They experiment. That's just how it is. On the other side of the break, I'll talk about the rule of three that I have. Please. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors, and we are looking forward to it. Don't forget, if you've got questions, if you don't want to call in because you want to be anonymous, go ahead and email LoriBeth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com, and I will read your question out, and we'll answer it if we can. Yeah. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week, it is why. And why is for your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. And I've got the amazing Master Eli and the incredible Master Seku on with me. And Master Seku was going to give us his rule of three before the break. He told me that. <laughs> okay, so the rule of three is this. You need to try something three times before you decide whether you like it. Reason being... The first time, 
there's a certain recoil that we have as human beings. We instantly go into our reptile brain, but we go beyond our reptile brain. I say the beyond the reptile brain, which is fight or flight, is moving away from displeasure or moving towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, the first time we try something, since we're going to be talking about feet in a moment, say feet. First time we try, we, we, we touch our feet or have someone else touch uh, our feet or touch another person's feet. We're touching that foot with all of the baggage that we had. Mama said feet are ugly. Daddy said you never touch a man's feet. Grandmama said worst thing somebody can do is kick you. You know, depending on your cultural background, you have a lot of preconceived notions. So you're not even in the moment. Mm-hmm. The second time, you're still building off of the first time. So cattle prod, electric play, you're still shocked, literally, that someone shocked you. The third time, however, you've got the fact that you've survived the first two experiences. Mm. And if you focus, you could be alive in the moment. And you could say, oh, whether it's feet, whether it's electric play, whether it's whatever, you could actually focus. You're looking at what's going on now. Oh, my gosh, that tongue just going between my toes. Just, oh, I think I felt a movement in my nether regions. Because the first time you instantly may have said that you didn't like it. The second time you're like, yeah, I don't like that. The third time you're like, hold up, wait a minute. That was kind of sexy. And this was a different person. Wow, that tongue is thick. He, he covers all of my toes. She just put my entire foot in her mouth. Oh, my gosh, I think I love this. Um, and that's why I say the rule of three, no matter what it is, um, it gives you the opportunity to actually try it, reflect on it, decide how you felt about it, try it again, further reflect on it, and then try it that last time with those reflections in your mind, but focusing on the real-time interaction that's going on right now. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of people who've given something three times that they said that they would never, ever do once. And turns out now every Tuesday and Thursday, they're doing it. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, so feet. um, People often always assume, by the way, that feet, the, the, the first assumption is that people worship women's feet, right? That's when you look at the fetish world, that's the first assumption. And the image is, there's a, there's a, um, a place here, there's a club um, called Pedestal that happens once a month, which is female domination. And you can go to the club and they have doms there and then people come and play. So you've got people who are house people and people come and play. And every woman is welcome. And, and actually, a lot of women go there, even though they're not dominant, because it's a safe place to have a drink in a kinky environment, because nobody's going to bother you, because everybody, the attitude is you, you have to respect all women. So, But there are always foot fetishists there. And this is the classic image, right, of guys being very obsequious, wanting to get their hands on your feet. Oh, yeah. And I, mean, I think the first thing for... Okay, so let me just take you for a story. The first time I, I got into foot fetish, it was actually by accident. I used to work at a store called Tom McCann's, and this woman used to come in and get her feet. Uh, not her feet. She, she didn't come in to get her feet, bro. She came in to buy shoes, and she would have me pull out at least 10 to 12 pairs of shoes, but she would only buy one. Or sometimes, depending on what happened doing everything it would she would end up buying too and as anyone knows when you work in a store like that you you you're working on commission absolutely time somebody comes in you want them to buy a pair of shoes that's your opportunity Mm -hmm. so she came in and she was always well dressed however i noticed that when i would get ready to put her shoes on she would like make like she would like wiggle her toes and make it difficult to just slide in and what would cause me to end up like looking up to find out like what's going on. And um, a couple of times, like I just noticed that she would like 
sit all the way back and she's like rolling her head. She's so she's in a whole headspace and I'm like, Will this woman hurry up so I can get <laughs> go on to the next sale? And finally, after I'll say about the fifth visit, because she would actually come in the store and ask just for me. She wasn't buying shoes from nobody else. And it, I don't know if it was the way of, I was thinking that it was my customer service, but I found out you from touched her feet. the way I was touching her feet and an old employee told me that she had a foot fetish. And I, I was like, what is that? How, so it was almost like, she knew that her feet was going to get touched there. Now, now that now I'm in my present state, mm. this was a place that she could get her feet touched. So she was the dominant. I was the submissive, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> oh. she, consent she, violation. Consent violation. <laughs> Here it is. Years later, I'm like consent violation. Stop. That was my first job. You know, was working in a shoe store. <laughs> And then as I got... Oh, you too? <laughs> Just like, so yeah, you're going to do anything you can to get that commission. If you have to give a foot massage, you're going to give a foot massage and get the commission. <laughs> and so the first thing that people think is that, you know, oh, I don't want nobody touching my feet. My feet stink. Or, But I, but the one thing that I love about having a foot fetish is that, again... It's not just the potatoes. It's not just the steak. You have people who they only are into sneakers. And then you have people that are only into like naked feet. And then you have the, the another streamline of people who enjoy having their feet tickled. And, 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 and it becomes like a torture thing to have their feet tickled. Um, so it, the, the fetish is so broad and so extreme and I've gotten into it, and it's funny that you mentioned the part about it's, you just see women feet. So just like being on any um, social media um, and, and having a foot fetish, what I noticed is that whenever someone had hashtags that you would go to, I would never see people of color. So I formulated a, um, a hashtag on Instagram and I did it on Facebook where I'm doing POC foot fetish um, or I do um, POC feet fetish and I just keep going with that and what I do is um, I continue to first I ask for consent if I see someone's foot on their page I'll ask them can I use your picture and I keep posting it and tagging it or I ask them can you take a picture of your foot and when you take a picture of your feet, can you put this hashtag on? Because what happens is it's important that I wanted people to understand that it's not just a white thing. It's not, it's a fetish. It's, it's an everybody thing. But then some people have preferences where um, they want to see a certain um, um, ethnicity of, of, of feet. And, but it's such a wide, broad and for me, I like women feet. I like men feet. This is different. Um, I do different things with it. I think the thing that excites me is um, lately I've been finding, I thought that, I, you know, me polishing my nails is something, you know, fascinating. It, it would get attention. Now everybody's doing it. So all of these rappers are having their feet done and they're getting their toenails polished. And I am in fucking heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing all of these, um, you know, it's about the muscular form of the feet. Um, I, I like and I enjoy seeing when I look at men feet, I want to see how tall they are compared if their feet are really long and those kind of things. So to see them with now with having different color polishes and stuff on is it, seeing their creativity and their individuality. Um, so it just doesn't look like a foot. Oh, just, you know. So what's interesting to me is the only thing you didn't mention there, and there are people who are into this, and I know because I've had mine beat often enough, you didn't mention bastinado, um, which is probably one of my, um, so for those of you who don't know what bastinado is, bastinado is when you beat on someone's feet. Um, there, this, this was certainly not recorded, but there is a famous um, there is a famous scene that I did with my master that anybody who was at the crucible that night will be able to tell you about. 
um, where in the last, I don't know, 25, 20 minutes, he was beaten on my feet with drumsticks. Um, now, if you don't think that hurts, you have no clue. Um, but that's another part of the fetish. Like, so some people, it's the pretty, it's the caressing, it's the sexual, it's the kissing. And for other people, they want to do that. and they, Or they don't want to do that. They just want to beat the living hell out of your feet. Yes. And there's Work. something about it being your feet or both. Right. Some, some people want to see feet smashing things. Some people want to have feet smash things on them. Some people want to fuck you between your toes or yep. get uh, foot massage masturbation sessions. Some people want to fuck your foot. Yes. Yep. So right. There's so many things. And again, it's that mile long buffet. Yeah, absolutely. And you said bastinado. Some people want to uh, have their feet tickled until they urinate on themselves. Some people want to have their their toes licked and urinate on other people. There's some people that want to be beaten on their feet while someone puts their foot inside their mouth. So you can con- you, there's so many combinations. But again, we're talking about not yucking someone's yum. And the the, the thing is to have an understanding that. While it may not be for you, it looks like it's for someone else. Why don't I just watch that and figure out what I can do similar but different that falls inside of the things that I like? Yep. So we're about one minute from break. Um, and the last segment, I want to talk about them some more and also about how much joy you can get out of doing something to or with someone, even if it's not your thing, because they love it so much. Ooh, yes. yeah. So that, you know, it it's far from yucking their yum, you're participating because you get joy from their joy. You get turned on from their turn on. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This week is why and why is for your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. And I'm with Master Eli and Master Seku. And this is the last segment. So we were talking about not yucking people's yum. Um, 
And I said before the break that, you know, sometimes your partner or your playmate may be into something you're not into, but you see how hot it makes them and how into it they are. And because of that, you, you get into their pleasure, even though the act doesn't do much for you itself, which I think is totally cool. And that goes right back to not yucking it, you know, and finding um, your 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 part in it. Because if it's dealing mm. with a dynamic, and you want to be a part of that dynamic, even if your part is the aftercare after the scene is over, or um, handing the person the tools that they may need in order to to perform the um, the the kink. One of the things that I run into a lot is when I went, when my submissive was involved in something that they negotiated in the beginning, that it was something that I didn't do, which was, which was needle play. But after seeing um, the joy that they were getting from it, I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to find out all I can find out. And it started off with education. So a lot of times what I, I employ is that if you're not into something, rather than just yuck it, educate yourself about it, you know, and that way you can still be worthy to um, to the scene and to that person because they, they, they still see that you're into it. And one of the rules I've always, always said, as soon as I got into this, never say never. Yes. I think it's really important to recognize that, be, that, especially with the more edgier kinks, people have a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that happens when somebody yucks their yum is that ups the shame factor. So there's lots of people. And I always use water sports as an example because that's one that there are a lot of people that are into that will never, ever, ever ask a partner for that because they're desperately afraid that the person's going to go, ew, go away. I don't want anything to do with you. And so they go years not getting the joy out of something they know they're into because they're too afraid that somebody is going to go. And so I, I do the same as you. I mean, put on the brakes before you, you say, Ooh, I'm not into that. Right. And then you may try the rule of three and give it a shot and see if you're into it. If you're still not into it. Well, if you're non-monogamous, you've got some great options, don't you? If you're monogamous and for play also, it may be a little bit more difficult. That takes more negotiation. But if you're non-monogamous, you've got options. So you can always be involved, as you said, in the aftercare or in the tools or just in basking in your partner's good feelings afterwards. Well, we, we, we are Americans and you are an American expat living overseas. Mm. And, and so being Americans, we can all understand, probably all to a person agree that we're, we're products of a puritanical uh, uh, basis and foundation. And you, hell, you went from the bastard child to the mother going to the UK. So <laughs> you still haven't escaped it. And, and one of the things that, you know, religious based uh, uh, societies have in place, they have a lot of fears that are, that are in place because, you know, you have this great beyond beyond that always sees everything you do. And that's enough. I mean, look at what it does for children when you tell them that Santa's watching. You know, we're, we're, a lot of us are the equivalent of a child walking around being limited in what we do because we feel like our Santa Claus is watching and he knows when you've been sleeping and knows when you're awake. Definitely knows when you've been fucking somebody's foot. So be good for goodness sake. Um, so what we do... One of the things that I like to practice within my personal family is uh, an analogy about fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. What's the fear? I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. Well, one of the first things that my family does is say that we are to seek our center. You find your center and you embrace that center and you project that center out in front of you. If your center is, I like water sports, well, go into that. What type of water sports? Are you a giver or are you a receiver? Um, I'm neither. I just like peeing on myself. Okay, do you like to pee on yourself in front of people or in, in the shower? Oh, no, the shower's no fun. I've been doing that all my life. I like to be in front of my people. Okay, do you want to be naked? No, I don't like my body. Well, we'll get back to that. 
because that's not allowed. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't do negative body image. Um, so have you ever peed on yourself in public by accident? Yes. And it was so arousing. Okay. Well, what did you have on that time? I had some jeans. Oh, and what did you like about? Well, I liked the way that it went down into my socks and my socks were squishy in my shoe. Oh, so jeans, socks, and shoes. Okay. Um, was there a specific type of shoes? Oh, there were sneakers. And then I squished around in them. Okay. So now what I'm hearing you say is I need to find a tarp big enough that you can walk around and not damage, you know, someone's floor. I need to find you some sneakers. I need to find you some socks. So we definitely put you in some jeans. Were they tight jeans or loose jeans? Because... The fear is that I'm going to be judged and I'm going to be deemed less worthy. But yep. when I walk in and welcome what you find dangerous, now we've had a transcendent experience. Now we've, well, you know what I want to try next? I want to try some uh, sweatpants. Oh, I want to try some, you got some leather pants. What does leather feel like when it's wet? See, now we done took something that was, uh, I'm afraid to say, and made it into we planning for the next day. I, okay, so we are actually four minutes till close. That's brilliant. I love that. That's a great example of how not to yuck your yum and how to actually get past the fear of that, which is so important. I want to make sure that people know where to find you. So if they want to find you and they want to learn from you, where do they go? For me, they go on to Facebook. I am uh, Sir Eli Raw, Master Eli Raw on Facebook. I also have a, um, a YouTube page, and that is the Illuminati House of Raw on YouTube. And I am also Mr. Marilyn Leather on Instagram. Fabulous. And Master Seku. You can find me on Instagram, FetLife, and Facebook at S-E-Y-K-O-U-N-I-A, Sekunia. Um, I'm the same on all the platforms. You also can find information about, actually, all three of us on Facebook at the Leather Houses of Color Coalition, because I'm proud to be a member of the Leather Houses of Color Coalition with Dr. Bisbee and Master Eli now, who is one of our newest uh, brothers and fellowship and his house comes in to, to lift us up. Um, we will be at CLAW in August, August uh, mm -hmm. 1st through the 2nd. Uh, I will be presenting uh, a class called So You Want to Be a Cigar Daddy. So uh, check that out. <laughs> so um, next week is Z or Z, depending on who you are. And it's Z is for Zoom sex. Um, and I am looking forward to doing this. Um, it should be a lot of fun. If you've got questions, it's Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. If you've got a topic you want, it's Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Check out my new podcast, which is Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. You can find that on my website. You can find it on Patreon under Lori Beth Bisbee. Um, you can actually find it on Spotify and Apple each week. We're reading some erotica. Sometimes it's mine. Sometimes I have an author on. Last week was uh, uh, Celia Tan read um, a story called Lip Service. It's a lot of fun. And if you support the Patreon at the $10 level, you get swag and interviews and all sorts of extras. So do come and join us for that. And we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe, but have fun. How, how do we get back for the Zoom sex? How do we get back for the Zoom